episode 412, fall in love with the process from fatherhood, injury, depression, and the MBA, Carrick Felix. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Hi, I'm Adam Lewis Walker, founder of Awaken Your Alpha, the number one personal leadership network that is also a best-selling book, Awaken Your Alpha, Tows and Tactics to Thrive, and also a TEDx talk, Awaken Your Alpha, How to Rise Up. You can see a theme here, but please do check these out. If you like the talk, if you like the podcast, you will love the book. The book is the best of the best, and it's available on Amazon. This podcast is brought to you by The Talk Accelerator, helping thought leaders increase influence, income, and impact by achieving their talk. If you'd like to find out more about how you can get onto the red spot, please do head over to talkaccelerator.com. That's talkaccelerator.com. How to secure and smash your own TEDx talk. Get to the podcast. Okay, this week we have Carrick Felix on the line. He's a former NBA player, three times basketball champion, awarded winning Pac 12 Scholar Athlete of the Year. ESPN Player of the Month, three-time TEDx speaker, author, investor, father, and it just keeps going on and on and on. It's a huge and awesome bio. I said he, when I met him at the National Publicity Summit in New York, I said he had me at TEDx and MBA, two of my favorites. So <laughs> we're going to dig into all things, what it means to be a man, a dad, connecting your dreams to reality. He's known as the connector. Carrick Felix, are you ready to awaken your alpha today? I am ready to awaken my alpha today. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. No worries. Is there anything you'd like to add or highlight? What are you all about at the moment? I've been on this this new journey, which is it's been insightful and, and, and just new for me, um, just with healing, um, just, just understanding past wounds and things that I've never just as a man um, been able to, to really confront and talk about. Uh, so I've just been on this new journey of just, just really digging deep and, and reflecting on myself and healing so I can grow into the person that I know I can be. Um, you know, I, I'm still, you know, going around speaking, I'm still um, doing my programs, but it's, it's this new journey that I'm on. I've been awakened and, you know, the, I like the, the alpha, the awakening the alpha, because that's what I kind of feel like I'm doing right now is awakening that alpha um, just within my life as a person, not yeah. in my career, but just, you know, as a person. So, yeah, I feel like it's going to be a real like honest and a great interview. And I think we caught you at a very interesting time because you've only been reti- retired from the NBA for just over a year now. So it's interesting times transition. So can you touch on a little bit of your origins? Yeah. So a little bit about me. So I'm, Originally, I was born in Vegas. Um, you know, I tell everybody that I don't really have a place where I say I'm from because I was in the military. My parents were in the military, so okay. I yeah. just traveled everywhere. I've lived in Texas, California, Alaska. Obviously, I was born in Vegas, so I lived in Vegas. <laughs> um, and then, you know, Arizona. So I've just been um, all over. And then growing up, I, I, I went to, you know, a little bit of junior high school um, in high school in Phoenix, Arizona. And then I was luckily to you know, be able to play basketball there. And then from there, go on to junior college for two years in Idaho, where that was a little bit different for me because I was in a very, very small town coming from a big city, going to a small town. Yep. Like Idaho was different, but you know, the people out there were, they were beautiful. They were, they were, they were, they were forthcoming with just embracing, you know, just me and my, my athletic career. And then just going from there, um, just catapulting to going to Arizona State, 
before that I actually did end up getting a scholarship offer to Duke University, which that we'll probably dig into that little story a little bit later. But um, yeah, I got a scholarship offer to go to Duke University, ended up deciding to go back to Arizona State. I did three years there. I say Duke, that's a big one, isn't it? That's, <laughs> that's one of the big ones. It's kind of, kind of yeah. a big one. See, I, even I know that. Like, <laughs> I'm not from around these parts. There you go. There you go. It's, it's kind of a big one, but was able to uh, go to Arizona State for three years and um, get my uh, bachelor's and get my master's yeah. in communications and then, you know, go off to play three years in the NBA, played for wow. players, Utah Jazz, also played for the Washington Wizards, and I also played for a Golden State's affiliate team um, and Brooklyn Nets affiliate team as well. And I'm wow. ending my career about like a, a year ago, like you said, um, in well, finishing with the Wizards and then uh, playing like a little bit in Australia, which was a beautiful time. Can you think of specific times when you had to awaken your alpha? I know you're going through that process now as well, but even if it was someone who inspired you like from afar or even physically there and in front of you said the right thing at the right time to kind of because obviously getting to the nba is like the one percent of the one percent we're talking yeah. about high performance is you know there's so much talent so much drive and then still even if you've got that talent and drive if you know a few things don't go your way then you know it, it it's not a guarantee obviously was that like an early dream and you was like i'm going for it or it kind of evolved it kind of evolved you know i it's funny because when Pete, when, when I tell people my story, they're kind of like, huh? Because growing up, I didn't really like sports. I hated sports. Mm. Um, you know, I hated playing basketball. My brothers, my dad, they used to watch it all the time. I was a kid who was used to, to cry because I didn't want it on the television, you know? And, then, <laughs> you know, the first time I remember, the first time I ever even played basketball was when I was little. My mom had, like, threw me on the, cro uh, on the court playing, mm. like, and the kids league and i ended up just running off the court just crying because I, I hated it so much this this gives me hope because my boys are not into sport at all maybe really? we'll turn around and make the nba come on, oh. <laughs> Carry no, on sorry. No. oh man so you know my story my my journey to the nba is kind of it was a little bit different you know growing yeah. up like i said i didn't i didn't really play sports um i didn't do the traditional like your parents push you to 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 train every day or anything. Like I skateboarded, I was a kid who played in the dirt and then wanted to be like, you know, an explorer and then yeah. go, and, go in caves and get dirty. Um, but as I began to just transition into, you know, a teenager and all my other friends started to play sports and basketball and all that stuff, I kind of just got pulled into it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, got pulled into it a little bit and then I just I don't know man I just kind of I kind of just fell in love with it you know in the beginning of my career you know I was it's funny because I'm six 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 seven now but when I first started I was the same height as the great man six six Michael Jordan Boom. there you go I know. <laughs> oh man but you know I was like six six uh, well I'm six 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 seven now but yeah. when I started playing basketball in high school um, when I first started playing like just organized basketball. Yeah. I was only like five, five foot five. Wow. The game. Yeah, never played the game ever. So like my first, it's funny because my freshman year, all my friends and all my buddies who played that have been playing their whole lives. So they were like on varsity. And then I was, you know, the freshman kid on freshman, but yeah. I didn't really play on freshman. My first basketball bucket was actually for the opposite team because I didn't know which way. <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't know which way to go. <laughs> it's so good. 
yeah, no, I didn't know which way to go. And um, yeah, man, it, it was, it was just crazy. And then I don't know what it was, but I fell in love with the process of just seeing results and, and getting better. You know, yeah. I, I fell in love with, you know, waking up early, putting in the time and then, you know, seeing like, Oh, okay. Like I, I can shoot a little bit better today or, yeah. or I can shoot a little bit. Um, well, I can jump a little bit higher and then I fell in love with that. But then really I have to give this a little bit to my, my brothers because I became super competitive just because I was the baby in the family. So yeah. like my mind, once I started playing and once I started really getting it at my freshman year, that next year going into my sophomore year, I was like, man, like this is something that can change my whole life. Because again, I did, I, I was a kid who grew up in a family where I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have everything. Yeah. You know, I was, I was in special ed from second grade all the way to the, you know, the end of my high school career. You know, I was bullied throughout my whole I was going to say, did people, especially painting that picture of like five foot five coming into basketball late and like not what was the popular thing to do basketball and you hadn't really been into that. Were you massively overlooked or did people not expect a lot from you? Or <laughs> was Yeah, I was, I was, I mean, I was overlooked so many times, um, you know, and I look back into my, look back in my life and it, it was crazy just because people who I thought, you know, would support me and like, you know, my friends, you know, I have friends, parents who would say things about me and I had, you know, I had teachers and guidance counselors um, and people that, you know, you think will bring you up, like telling me like, hey, you know, telling me and my mom, like, hey, I don't ever think your son's going to, I don't think your son's going to graduate high school. You know, I don't think you, you got to, I don't think you can go to college. We got to plan for, you know, something else. And, you know, it, it's tough as a kid because, you know, obviously I have that part going on, yeah. but I have the stuff that's going on at home, you know, with my family with, you know, my dad being an alcoholic, you know, watching my mom get physically and mentally and emotionally abused, like, you know, daily and just going through that, yeah. that whole process. I mean, it was, as a kid, I'm kind of like, oh man, like this is, this is rough. Like this is shifty. Like it, it, like where's, you know, where's the light at the end of this, you know, dark tunnel. But, you know, luckily I was able to kind of let basketball kind of be my safe haven and, 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 realized that that was one thing that I could do every day that I kind of had control over. Yeah. When did it start to change from a fleet? You're loving basketball, you're getting better. And for anyone listening, when yeah. you're into something and you're getting better, you get results, whatever level you're at, that is very motivating. But when did it start to change in terms of you thinking, you know, I could get a college scholarship or, and even then, when did you allow yourself to think or dream like maybe uh, I could go to the NBA because, you know, obviously a lot of people, think that or want that I always felt like for, for me it, it clicked it clicked for me I would say when I was maybe around 14 um you know like I said my freshman year was a test of like if I could play or not and I yeah. enjoyed it but then I realized when all when, when there was like the club ball and when you know there was a talk about going to college and you know looking back at my family life I realized like yo this is this is a way that I can get out this is a yeah. way that I can change my life this is a way that you know I can separate myself from every everyone and everything that's I kind of felt at the time was like holding me back tell us I mean briefly you you drop that teaser trailer about the Duke University thing I mean tell us briefly what yeah. happened there and I want to obviously hear about the NBA I went from not having any scholarship offers to having Duke in like literally two seconds. Randomly, Duke came to practice. 
um, to watch another one of my teammates who was like a seven foot um, guy who was from uh, Senegal, Africa named Aziz. They came to watch him. Um, and luckily that day in practice, I just was playing <laughs> the best I was ever playing that, um, awesome. that day. And then they ended up offering me a scholarship just like right on site. Wow. Um, their admissions office, they didn't like the fact that, you know, I'd, I had a class to finish. So it, it became like this big back and forth. Um, uh -huh. tough and, you know, I, I was I ended up actually it's a it's a pretty wild story. Like I ended up actually, you know, obviously not going there, but just just with that being said, like the hiccups from it. Right. Like I thought that I actually really wanted to go to Duke. But yeah. in reality, you know, it was everyone around me wanted me to go to Duke because yeah. of the name. You know, I had coaches that were extremely upset with me. Wow. Not going there and, and not making that decision and and basically kind of just shoving me out the way and being like, well, never mind. Like you're like, I can't believe you did that to me. Wow. Like, because it's their career as well. It, it just caused a bunch of drama. And I was, wow. yeah, but I was blessed because I was I was able to go and, and come back home to Arizona State. And sometimes big name, you might go there and you might not get so much playing time. I mean, that's something yeah. I've heard as well. And ultimately, if you do make it to the NBA, you need to get some playing time. And obviously oh, people yeah, can progress. Yeah, yeah. Some people like go to college as good as they're ever going to be and just kind of flatline. And then obviously you're on this upward curve. You started late and you need that playing time. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, happens yeah. for a reason. <laughs> I do believe that. I do believe that. So tell us, like we're going to fast forward. Tell us about the call or I don't know if it was a call however it happened NBA when did your obviously you, you got into college you're doing your, your college career you're obviously playing well because no one's going to sign you for the NBA if you're not yeah. so when did your brain even start to think oh because this is all about college and doing that but then you say, wait a minute you, obviously you know the NBA is there when did your brain al allow to wander over that way like I, I had an idea going into college like, oh I want to play pro but you know, when you go in your first year and then, you know, I didn't really play and yeah. I had to sit the bench. And then my second year, you know, I, I, I got an opportunity. But at that, my first two years, I think combined, combined, I think out of 60 games, both seasons, I think we won only 10 games. Like it was, it was, it was extremely bad. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. It, it, it kind of put me at this low point, yeah. um, this low point in my life. And then, you know, I was, again, I was a, college kid who was 21 and then I found out that I was going to have a child um, wow. yeah I found out I was going to have a child and at that time my mind started to change um, and I went through this phase of like feeling depressed feeling like I didn't know what I was going to do and I was blessed because um, my mentor now a good friend I don't know whether to call him my dad my brother it was my assistant coach at the time, Diedrich Taylor. He extremely like helped me out um, just at that point in time in my life. You know, I remember like it was yesterday because I was I was playing against Arizona. It was like my second year there, and you know I was playing well. I was playing pretty well that year, and at this point, I no one knew I was going to have a child. No one knew like anything that was going on, like outside, you know, I, I started doing the things where I was doing substances and then smoking and drinking and then just doing all that extra stuff. And then, you know, I ended up at this point where, and this like after the game, you know, I do this interview and 
you know, I, I'm not really present there. Like I'm talking and I played, it was probably one of the best games I've ever had in my life. But when I look back and I actually look at the video, you can see like, I just wasn't present. And then like after the game, you know, I was blessed because he was able to see like there was something wrong with me. And I was like, well, no, there's nothing. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with me. Like I'm okay. And then yeah. it's crazy. Cause I, we walked outside. I ended up like breaking down in tears instantly and kind of just telling them everything that was going on outside of uh, school and basketball. And, you know, it's like when I took ownership of that and really understood what was going on, like, it completely just changed everything. Like me having a daughter and, and me going to be a father like that right there, it just completely changed my mindset. But it was like, honestly, it, it was like the minute she came out too. the minute she came out, um, it was July, 2012, um, the 8th of July, actually, I just knew that I, I wanted more and I didn't want more for me, but I wanted more for her. And I knew that I needed to focus in and then my life was, my life is bigger than just me now. Yeah. And no, I, I, <laughs> I interviewed so many people and I, my experience as well, you know, becoming a dad is a game changer. And yeah, a lot of people, so we're looking back, it's always like, it's like a life hack. <laughs> when you yeah, get the kids in, it's, it's like, boom. <laughs> I mean, I don't, th- I don't want to tell people to go run no, around. I, understand, yeah, I, <laughs> I didn't have kids at 21, but you know, <laughs> I feel like most people are never ready. It's still always a shock whenever it happens, but oh, yeah, no, no, it was yeah. definitely a shock for us. I was just able to like to lock in and focus and that my senior year was, it was great. Cause I, again, like I said, I ended up, um, I ended up getting, you know, my master's degree, but also like basketball wise, we end up winning, you know, over 20, over 22, 23 games that year. Um, ended up like playing in like the, the tournament, ended up doing all these things, but, you know, I you playing with, in the, were you, were you a guard, guard position? Or? Yeah, yeah, I played. So uh, my, my position in basketball was shooting guard and a small forward for mm-hmm. Arizona State. I, I, I mean, I pretty much played every position. How old were you when you got, when you got the call? Um, I was, so it was 2013. Um, I believe, yeah, so I was, I was still 21 at the time, but that's still old because most, <laughs> most people in sports, I mean, basketball, Yeah. talking about basketball, I mean, it's, one year and they're done set or two years and they're done and i'm like man i went to college for five years so i was thinking like man there's no way i'm gonna get drafted and then i ended up doing the draft process i tried out for all these different teams um and you know it was that summer um during the draft there's obviously only 60 picks only two rounds i actually ended up getting called um in the beginning of the second round i thought i was gonna get the first round but um ended up getting called at the beginning of the second round um, which was wonderful. And just hearing my name call was just like one of those surreal moments that just literally, literally solidified um, just all the hard work and everything I've put, put in since I was like a kid. And it was just one of those surreal feelings that, you know, I, I, I honestly, I can't, I can't even, besides having my daughter, like to, to go back and live in that moment. I mean, that's probably one of the greatest moments I've, I've had. So going into the NBA, who were some of your sort of basketball idols that you actually got an opportunity to play against? I was never like a 
Michael Jordan fan, and a lot of people get mad at that because <laughs> I never really watched sports when I was younger. Yeah. To me, when I started playing basketball, LeBron James was like that person for me to be like. Oh, and you okay. played with the Cavs. Was he at the Cavs when you were at the Cavs? No, no, no. Oh. Oh, yeah, no. He was the year. Uh, the year he got traded was. The He's year. avoiding you. He's skipping you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, <laughs> well, actually, if they sure. they take LeBron out, you know, you're his replacement pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what we say. Yeah, don't worry about it. You know, I, I let him just have the glory. <laughs> I just had so many idols that I I, I just watched. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, James Harden went to my school, so you know that was one person that I always looked um, forward to just watching play. Yeah, just, his step back three is ridiculous. Oh man, he can <laughs> score the ball so well, so well. Dang, who else did I get a chance to play against that I that I just had? You know, that I was an idol of. Um, you know, I got a chance to see Dirk play, Dwayne Wade, um, and a lot of guys. Rudy Gay. I mean, I got a chance to play with a lot of guys once you're there it's just like for me and the way my mind works i mean once i'm there i'm like oh it's all competition it's yeah. Like, yeah well I, I was gonna say that obviously the the the, the standard the performance level has been going up and up and up throughout your life is there still a massive jump a shock to the system going from college to nba or is it as it progressed to that or is it still um it's, that transition? it's a shock to the system a little bit just because you don't really you're not really understanding like the game speed and like how fast things are going and, yeah. and you're still in your college mindset. So is that the main difference? Just the speed of things? Oh yeah. The speed of things. I mean, completely. I mean, and you gotta, you gotta think too, guys are bigger, guys are stronger, guys are faster. And you may have been that guy on your team that was just extremely athletic, right? Yeah. But <laughs> you, now you're in college, you're the best, you know, the most athletic dude on your team, but now you go to the NBA. I mean, they all can do the same thing. Like everybody, <laughs> yeah. From the guy at the beginning of the bench all the way down to the end of the bench, like everyone is this elite at whatever that thing they're good at. That what they do. I told you as well before the interview. I I had my pole vault, my track and field career cut short, and I struggled to deal with that. I wasn't expecting it, and I had you know issues with depression and just and coping with that loss of identity. Talk to us about why you think athletes get and and your experience of maybe some lows and. And also, I mean, you're only a year out of transitioning out of the NBA, it's like a real high profile pinnacle of America and the sport to now you've got open field opportunities, but it's a new arena for you. It's a big thing like, that, that, that you brought up, this athletes being depressed after sports. Um, and I'll talk a little bit about my experience before I kind of get into it. But, you know, I, I experienced that um, early in my career and not early, meaning like after sports now meaning earlier just like in my nba career you know my first two years i was able to play on different teams i got you know i played for the cleveland cavaliers and then ended up going to the utah jazz um but that second year i ended up actually breaking my knee in half i went up for a dunk oh. i had so much force behind the jump that as soon as my foot planted my kneecap just like pretty much just pulled apart dude that's so, what happened to me i dislocated my knee when i planted my foot in the pole vault <laughs> oh really <laughs> well, i was well, not no dunking wonder, it no wonder we're talking like well, <laughs> i knew there was a reason yeah. <laughs> no that's so funny um no but so I, I ended up breaking my knee um it was around 2014 it was actually 2014 it was actually thanksgiving um and you know at first I was like, okay, okay, I like it's cool because breaking my knee is gonna take like eight, eight months, six months. Cool, fine. I can I can deal with it mentally. Mm -hmm. I knew I knew before breaking my knee that I had the chance 
to break my knee because I had a like a small stress fracture, mm-hmm. stress fracture. So I was kind of aware of it. So I was like, cool. And then, you know, six months go by, like seven months go by. And then the eighth month goes by and, you know, I'm, I'm working out, I'm doing rehab, doing everything, you know, the doctors are telling me to do. And then I end up um, working out one day and I go to cut and then I can't, oh. like, I can't pick up my legs. So then I was oh. like, oh man, like, what's going on? And then I go back to the doctor and then the doctor ends up telling me like, you know, unfortunately, you know, this two screws in the wire that we have wrapped around your knee, it came undone. And then your kneecap, it pulled apart again. So we have to do oh, whole yeah. entire surgery over. Um, basically, just again, you got to have an invasive surgery again. Um, and then when he said that to me, like, it was like a grenade went off by my yeah, ear. Back to square one. Yeah, I mean, back to square one. But I just mentally, I just wasn't ready. So I ended up actually being in Northern California, staying in this hotel um, that the team had put me up in because they wanted me to make sure I was, my health, my rehab was kind of with them. Um, and then like I ended up having to be better. I had to be on bed rest this time, like leg locked for like six months. Like, oh they my God. They didn't want me doing anything at all. Wow. Um, so I just literally, I just got to a low place. I just, oh, I, I, geez, I, talk about stagnant yeah. and the mental issues with that. That's man, it was, it was so crazy because like I went from getting everything, you know, working my ass off, not yeah. having anything, getting to the point where I was able to do anything and have access to anything I ever wanted to basically having that dream stripped away from, you know, like pretty much I was still a kid. Yeah. Uh, I'm not dreaming, kind of stripped away. And, you know, at the time, like it, it, it just hit so hard because I, there wasn't the, I wasn't getting the same phone calls, you know, I wasn't getting, uh, you know, the people checking in on me or, or vice versa. Or it's very interesting when, when you like, you've been in a position like that, I wasn't bedridden, I couldn't drive and I had about two years with where my knee, like it retore because it wasn't, you know, they tried to repair it. And so it's on crutches, prehab, rehab, operation, repeat, repeat. And yeah, it gets very quiet. And it's, I really remember and recognize the, you know, the select, just literally few people who showed up and, you know, helped you out, drive you places, you know, were there to check in. Yep. And it does help out. And I, and for me, like it was, it was so rough because at this time I was just playing the game in my head. Like I was like, dang, like you're not good enough anymore. Like you're, you know, maybe basketball just wasn't in. I kept just having the self doubt after the second surgery, I had to get another surgery. So it, it mm-hmm. went on for about two years. And then um, I was able to pull myself out through just getting into speaking and getting into other things. And then ended up actually deciding to get back to, to playing basketball and giving it another chance. But, you know, to, to really speak on, you know, why athletes get depressed and, and where that comes from, you know, just through my experience and just through knowing other athletes, you know, I, I think the biggest thing we deal with is identity, you know, our whole life, yeah. our whole entire lives were built and were made for that sport, you know, like we eat, breathe, sleep, that sport, whether it's soccer, whether it's basketball, whether it's, you know, football and for you like pole vaulting, yeah. you know, that's, we go to practice, we practice hard, you know, we, we, we go home, we rest, but through that time, like we really don't get time to really get to know who we are ourselves, yeah. you know, like what we actually like 
outside of sport but we actually you know like the weather it's maybe we like to read yeah, it's interesting because it's like a, it's like a double-edged sword because mm-hmm. you have to be kind of one track mind in a certain way but then it's to you know be committed but then like when injuries happen you realize you know you're a little bit one-dimensional and and like your identity's tried up so much in one sport you know yeah. <laughs> you're kind of yeah. like oh <laughs> you're just like and and that's how i was i was like well dang like now what? like what now what? i don't even i don't know anything else like this is all i've ever really known is is the dribble ball go put it in the basket and you know the the the, the skill set that i learned with basketball and i think most athlete athletes can kind of attest to this as well is just you know we're taught in our minds to you know not feel pain and like not really have you know emotion to things because when we play our sport like when we get hit injured whatever you gotta work through it you know you yeah. play hard like compete 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 so now it gets to the point where you're out of sport you don't really know what to do you don't have that structure because every day you have a plan you don't have yeah. that structure and then you know depression hits because you, you you feel lost you feel like you don't know where to go a lot of athletes, and this is the journey I took, was I took this journey of self-discovery um, because I feel like it, it, it's important to take that time out and really figure out who you are outside the sport. Because if you can figure out that, then, you know, the depression and stuff, it, it, it may come around, but you're able to give yourself to something else that actually makes you happy, you know, that actually makes you happy. and and, and can can give you kind of that clear state of mind um but i definitely think it, it starts with identity you know you got to find that identity and find who you are well i'm going to start to wrap this up in the alpha round is there a particular quote is that one of your favorite quotes or just your approach how you like to live your life you get in what you put out but um <laughs> get in what you, you get in what you put out no matter what it takes work a lot of people that they, they they start something and they they stop or they yeah. start something and they, they kind of go half-assed. Yeah. Um, but, you know, to me, 90 to 80% is just, it's just showing up. Yeah. It's showing up. It's being, it's doing exactly what you need to do to the best of your ability. And then the rest of it, I mean, it's, it's you learning the skill. It's you, you know, reading that book. It's you getting on the court, lifting that weight. It's, 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 it's the little things. The time's going to pass anyway. Like what else are you going to do? If it's important to you, but you'll put off because you feel like you're so far away from it. It's going to take two years, three years. Well, that time's going to pass anyway. I agree. I 100% agree. Time is everything. You know, that's one thing that, you know, money, obviously it comes and goes, but time is something that you can't get back. Is there a particular book that was either impactful for you or just, you know, one of your favorite or book you like to recommend anything spring to mind? I love Napoleon Hill, um, outriding the devil. That was a good one for me. Um, And then a, a really good book for me that changed just like my uh, perspective a little bit and kind of hit home was uh, The Alchemist. Ah. The Alchemist. The Alchemist. Um, that's the second time that's been uh, recommended this, is it this week or in the last week. So, yeah. Really, yeah no, I, I love, I, I love The Alchemist and just, you know, just the story, the journey and, and just the, the inner dive just within. I mean, it, it Every time I read it, I, I learn something new. You know, I, I figure out something else um, that I didn't know before. And it's, and it's just, it's mind-boggling. It, it, like, again, I recommend that book to anybody, anybody. Read it multiple times. From your network and having gone through the interview, 
who do you recommend would be a great fit and give a great interview from the, for the Awakening Ralph podcast? A, a good person would be Luau Dang. Um, oh, I know who he is because he's, um, well, Senegal and UK. So everyone yeah. in the, well, not everyone in the UK, but anyone who's into basketball and is from England should recognize that name. <laughs> yeah, Luau is, so he's one of my good friends. Oh, um, man, if you can connect me with him, that would be legendary. Yeah, no, I can, I can definitely try. No, I can, for yeah. sure, I can definitely try. I mean, that man, I mean, I mean. I'd love to hear his story. so many gems and there's so many, you know, words of wisdom, but he's just, his story is just incredible. And yeah. what he's been able to just create outside of basketball, you know, he, he understood a little bit earlier than I did, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but what he's been able to create outside of basketball as well as, well as you know, he just retired, but he had a, a beautiful, you know, career. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, to me, as a for an athlete, that's someone that you should look at Done. to be able to... If you, can, if you can get the intro and connect us and I'll chase and, you know... Yeah, no. He's, he's got some England. He's got some England links. So, and he's retired now. So, hopefully, he might have a spare twenty minutes. Try and um, connect with him right now, actually. And see. <laughs> awesome. On the on the podcast, if we can get a response, that'd be awesome. Um, quality. In closing this up, what is the best way for people to connect with you if they want to find out more? You can go on Instagram, Facebook um, at Carrick Felix, which is C A R R underscore. F-E-L-I-X. Um, you can DM me on there, shoot me a message, I'll get back to you. Or you can go visit imcfamily.com. Uh, just kind of check out the website, go through different services, go through kind of the mission and what, what we're about and what we do. And then, yeah, man, just check it out. I mean, I'm always here. Awesome, Carrick. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure. No, thank you. I appreciate it, man. It was fun. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live limitless. This podcast is brought to you by The Talk Accelerator, helping thought leaders increase influence, income, and impact by achieving their talk. If you'd like to find out more about how you can get onto the red spot, please do head over to talkaccelerator.com. That's talkaccelerator.com. The Talk Accelerator program, how to secure and smash your own TEDx talk. You can also book in your complimentary idea clarity call there to talk through any potential ideas you may have. What is your idea worth sharing? I'd love to hear about it and I'd love to speak with you very soon.